0: what else with cory mann on the studio dna podcast network one-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists find this podcast on itunes spotify and spreaker.com what else with cory mann on the studio dna podcast network oh why why is my old friend snowshoe sledding oogle, oogle clutch cargo oogle, oogle to you snowshoe come on in Spinner, I want you to meet Snowshoe Slednik and his dog Snowball. You've heard me speak of them. Yeah, I've always wanted to meet you, Mr. Snowshoe. Do you really have days and nights that are six months long, Mr. Snowshoe? Oogle Oogle. What does oogle Oogle mean, Mr. Snowshoe? Later, Spinner. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. This dog about sports is
1: Sport Jack. Sport Jack. Sport Jack.
0: Welcome to episode 218 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Anthony Rizzo episode? Oh, that's why you
1: wanted to do an episode today. No, we could have done episode 218 at any time, and you would have had the same reaction when I mentioned the words Anthony Rizzo. Oh, the Cubs slugger has 218 career home runs, so he gets the big salute today. As we do episode 218 of Sports Yak.
0: P.S., he beat cancer.
1: Yes, he did. And he is very generous to charities that fight cancer and very generous to children's hospitals, especially in his hometown and in the
0: Chicago area. I like that guy. I like him a lot. Family Broadcasting Corporation, well, in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, oh, presents oh, Sports Yak. Oh. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is good! It's good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, This one will be Chuck Freeby. Forever! Let's get after it. A lot of things happening over the weekend. A lot of shuffles and mixes. And he said that, and she said what, and who did that? Let's start with college football.
1: Oh, question of the weekend I got. Consistently, Thursday and Friday and into the weekend, what's Notre Dame's schedule going to look like? And here's why. Because on Thursday, the Big Ten Conference came out and said, we're not playing any non-conference games this year, which meant that the Wisconsin-Notre Dame game scheduled for Lambeau Field eliminated. And Notre Dame could sit there and say, okay, well, we still have 11 other games on the schedule. And then Friday, the Pac-12 got together and said, we're not playing any non-conference games this year. And so that took Stanford and USC off the schedule. And suddenly people are wondering, well, if all these other conferences do the same thing, what's going to happen to the Irish, who are an independent? Well, remember, Notre Dame has this little deal with the Atlantic Coast Conference where they play in every sport in the ACC other than football. And the ACC Commissioner John Swafford has come out and said, look, we'll take care of Notre Dame. We'll, we'll include Notre Dame in our plans. Now, remember, Notre Dame already has six ACC teams on its schedule this year as they have for the last few years. That's part of the deal of being in the ACC and these other sports. So you could make a case right now that the Irish still have a nine-game schedule with Navy, Western Michigan, Arkansas, because Arkansas is in the SEC. The SEC has not decided its course of action yet. And then these six ACC teams. It's possible that the ACC will eventually say, we're going to join the only play conference games uh, group. And if that's the case, they have have a couple of options on the table. They could look at Notre Dame and fill the dates that Notre Dame would lose with other ACC teams because other ACC teams are losing non-conference games too, and you just fill out the schedule that way. The other thing that's being discussed in the ACC is breaking the teams, keeping the teams in their divisions, and obviously we don't know what division they would put Notre Dame in, but putting the teams in their divisions and having them play home-and-home with the other teams in your division. So say there's six teams in a division, you would have five home-and-home series with the other teams, and you'd have a 10-game season that way. Now, if you're asking me what way they're going to go, I have no idea. I have no idea. I couldn't tell you exactly what Notre Dame's schedule is going to look like. But let's take Notre Dame out of the equation. Let's look at schools like IU and Purdue who are in the Big Ten. Well, what are their schedules going to look like? Because, for instance, IU – has a September 4th. They open up on a Friday night against Wisconsin. Now, if you take out all the non-conference games after that, their next Big Ten game is not scheduled till October 10th. I find it hard to believe, Corey, that they're going to ask Indiana, hey, show up, get ready for a September 4th game, and then sit idle and don't play for over a month. Wow. I, I, I just don't see that happening. No. So I see the Big Ten taking that opening weekend, which was conference games, and moving that down to late September, early October, and basically having their season play out that way. And people are saying, well, what about the college football playoffs? What about the Bulls? Look, nobody knows right now. (laughs) Nobody, Nobody can sit here. If they if they tell you that they know, they're lying to
0: you. It is a it is a day by day decision making process. Process.
1: Now, the SEC has said their their commissioner said over the weekend, "I don't think it looks really good for football in the fall, but he's not ruling it out." We mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have to see how this unfolds. Unfortunately, The South right now seems to be a hotbed for positive cases. Not necessarily a hotbed for deaths, and and you can get into that whole debate, but the fact of the matter is right now there seems to be a feeling among a lot of people that fall college sports may or may not happen. 50-50 bet right now. And even Jack Swarbrick last week came out and said, He's less optimistic than he was before about a football season being played. Doesn't mean it won't happen. I don't want to put words into his mouth. He's just less optimistic. Hmm. Now, that said, let me get on my soapbox for a moment. The dropping of these non-conference games. And I tried to explain this Thursday morning or, or Friday morning after the Big Ten made its decision. There are some ramifications of this for the teams that got dropped. A school like Ball State had two Big Ten games on its schedule this year. Indiana, I forget who the other one was. Um, Fact of the matter is a school like Ball State gets paid to play those games against Big Ten teams, and that money is a, a significant part of the athletic budget. It's not anywhere close to the majority, but it helps. It helps the cause, and it could be the difference between having a baseball program or not having a baseball program, having a track program or not having a track program. So without mm. those payouts to schools like Ball State, Bowling Green, Western Michigan, go, go right on down the line. Think of basically any school that's not in a Power Five conference. Without those payouts those schools are going to be hurting financially in their athletic departments even more than they already are. The big boys are already hurting in their financial departments. Stanford just dropped 11 sports last week. Now, Stanford had more sports than anybody else. They had 36. And some of these 11 don't have... Uh, NCAA
0: championships in them, even Chuck. When you say drop from the season or for good for now, for good, they will play this upcoming year,
1: and then that's it. Mm. the The program will be completely dropped. Or so, so, what are some of those? Men's volleyball, wrestling, sailing, uh, rowing, field hockey, fencing. Now, the casual fan probably yeah. eh. You know, what difference does it make? Well, for the over 200 student-athletes who were participating, who may or may not have received scholarship help for, re, for participating in those yeah, sports. to the
0: middle school kid that went to fencing camp at Stanford and was planted a seed that, hey, this could work out for you if you keep at it, and they did, Yeah, and now this happens. So there's that ramification. By the way, I said fencing camp. Yes, you did.
1: The other part of my soapbox involves something that I just don't understand. Okay. How is it not safe to play a non-conference game, but it is safe to play a conference game? I mean, Indiana's play, Indiana was scheduled to play Ball State in a conference game or a non-conference game. Ball State can literally get on a bus, come down, play the day of the game, And go back. They could literally do that if they wanted to do that. Is that Muncie to Bloomington? Yes. Okay. Not that far a trek. Instead, the Big Ten tells Indiana, it is safer for you to play Rutgers from New Jersey where there's been a huge COVID outbreak where they'll get on a flying tube and come out here and stay in a hotel It's safer to do that than it is to play Ball State. I'm sorry. To me, that just makes no sense. Maybe I'm missing something in here. But I think, again, Corey, it's a situation of follow the money. All of these conferences have their own TV contracts. And those TV contracts are good for the conference season. They don't really pay anything for the non-conference games. So these conferences are all saying, okay, we think there could be a COVID problem and we're going to buy ourselves some time, but we don't want to eliminate the season yet. We still want to have the possibility of these TV payouts, so we're going to stay alive. And this is how we're going to do it. So it'll be interesting to see how this all
0: sorts out. I've been waiting for you for a couple of months to say, just follow the money. <laughs> well, it is. It really is. I mean, in all walks of life.
1: Yeah. But college, mm. college athletics, professional athletics, certainly no – well, we've, we've seen this with the whole Major League Baseball contract. Everybody – and we'll get to Major League Baseball in a couple of minutes here on the show, but everybody wanted to say that was about COVID protocols. and No, it wasn't. It was about money. It was about money, and that's what this college athletics thing is. They're talking about the health and safety of the athletes. And, yes, that's a factor, and that might be why the whole season gets eliminated. But for the decisions that have been made so far, no, it's, it's about the money. Now, let's get to high school sports, which isn't so much about the money as it is our schools going to be open in the fall. And if schools are going to be open in the fall, I think that we're going to have high school sports in the fall. And the Indiana High School Athletic Association is going through a transition with commissioners. Paul Nidig is taking over for Bobby Cox, who announced his retirement before the pandemic began. And Paul Nidig gets to take over as the commissioner of the IHSAA under perhaps the worst possible circumstances and is trying to make decisions along with the member schools. But there's an article that runs in the South Bend Tribune today. It's from Kyle Neddenripe, who writes for the Indianapolis Star. And uh, you have to get a long way into this article before you get to the crux of the matter. But the crux of the matter right now is, in a paragraph, I'm going to say about 10 paragraphs into the story, It reads, unless the decision comes from above, which means the governor's office or the state school superintendent, the IHSAA does not expect the fall season to be pushed back at this point. The first official practices for fall sports are set for August 3rd with girls golf on July 31st. First contest for girls golf set for August 3rd, football August 21st. Now, I know that there have been some positive tests. There was a lot of news story over the weekend about St. Joseph High School in South Bend had seven students test positive for coronavirus. Three of them were student-athletes and the impact that it had on their teams. Let's think this through a little bit. First of all, if there was some sort of illness outbreak under normal circumstances for a high school team in July, in early July, we would say, so what? Because, as the article pronounces, practices don't begin until August 3rd. And you could even quarantine these student-athletes now and have them serve their two weeks in quarantines, the ones who test positive, and they would be back. I talked with a football coach Saturday evening, who told me that they've been working out in small groups, groups of 10. And they haven't had any problems with that. They have to wipe down the equipment after every use. They have to do a lot of things that they didn't have to do before as coaches. But so far, it hasn't had a really big impact because right now you're doing primarily condition. You're not doing any kind of contact work right now. You're doing conditioning and playbook education and things like that. So, so far, it's been so good for this particular program. Had another coach reach out to me this week and say, tried to take my temperature a little bit in terms of, what do you think? Are we going to play this fall or not? And
0: I you said, meant metaphorically, right?
1: Yeah, he's not. he did not take my temperature <laughs> with a uh, forehead scanner. You
0: can't throw that around that much these I, days. I without. guess you're right. <laughs> you're
1: absolutely right. Uh, and he tried to take my temperature as to, well, are are we playing this fall or not? And I said, I'm a little less optimistic than I was before, but I still think you're playing. And he and I are on the same page in terms of, you, you look at most studies, and they will tell you that 0- to 18-year-olds are among the safest from this disease. Mm-hmm. Now, it takes more than the 0- to 18-year-olds, though, to, to play games. You have to have officials. And the question is, well, how many officials will opt out? Because the IHSA currently... And I'm I'm speaking here only of football. I realize there are other sports too, and they will have this same problem. But let's let's talk about football for now, high school football in Indiana. The IHSA has long made it known there's an official shortage out there. And they barely have enough officials to get by with varsity, JV, freshman, and middle school games. So at some point Let's say, I don't know, 20% of the officials opt out, say, I'd like to help, but I'm fearful of contracting the virus and I don't want to be out there amongst the people. You've got a problem on your hands of how you're going. Now, can you adjust? Can you maybe go with, Abbreviated crews or things like that. These are the kinds of decisions that will have to be made. How many in a full crew? Usually a full crew has, uh, I believe, five. I think there are five officials in a full crew. So you go down to four. Now you're not seeing as much. You know, fans are going... and. I don't know how many fans are going to be in the stands either. But fans are going to have to be even more patient with officials because you're just not going to see everything. But this is, the, this is what we're living in right now. If you're going to have sports in the fall, these are real things that have to be worked out and, and seen. I haven't heard of any coaches opting out yet. All the coaches that I have had contact with or talked to tell me they can't wait to get back on the field, the court, the pitch, whatever it might be. Um, But we do have some older officials out there, and, and that has to be taken into account. So that's what high school sports looks like right now. And also, while we're on the subject of high school sports, I do want to give condolences out there to the Riley Boys Swimming family and particularly uh, all Wildcats who ever swam for Dave Dunlap. What a tremendous coach this guy was, Corey. He coached in the South Bend schools from 1967 to 1995. His record at Riley, first he started at South Bend Jackson and then he went to Riley. And his record was 357-41. and 41. I mean, that's incredible. Won three state swimming championships, runner-up to many. But the, the thing about Dave Dunlap is I don't care if you were a state champion swimmer or a kid that was lucky that he didn't drown in the pool. Dave Dunlap cared about that kid, took an interest in that kid, and there are some who say he probably knew more about that kid than any other player person in the school Hmm. so just a a great coach tremendous human being Uh, it's the Dave Dunlap Natatorium over at Riley High School now in honor of him has been since 2018 and you'll find very few people who made as positive an impact on kids lives as Dave Dunlap let's talk a little baseball because we mentioned it earlier in follow the money uh, the White Sox have now had a player opt out. He's a young man by the name of Michael Kopech. Throws the ball over 100 miles an hour. Terrific pitching prospect. Probably would have been some use in Don Cooper's bullpen this year. Don Cooper is the pitching coach. Don Cooper is very concerned about Michael Kopeck because he doesn't think Michael Kopeck opted out because of COVID. He thinks he opted out because of anxiety and depression. Wow! And it's something that... Kopech has publicly admitted in the past that he has struggled with those kinds of things, and given the isolation that has occurred during the pandemic, Don Cooper says he has only had contact with Kopech a couple of times since they broke from spring training, and he's really concerned about where this kid's head is right now and what he's doing. He respects his decision to opt out. Nobody is saying that he should soldier on if he's not ready to play. But I just wanted fans to know it's not always COVID when a player decides to opt out. Now, Buster Posey opted out because his family is adopting twins. They're coming in, and he didn't want to take the risk of infecting them with COVID. That was definitely a COVID situation. Kopech's situation is entirely different.
0: You know, and this, this would have been his first season, probably his first big league season.
1: He's been in the minors. He's been viewed as this top prospect. Uh, This would have been the opportunity with an expanded roster to maybe bring him up and help out the pitching staff.
0: One wonders if you're dealing with depression and anxiety and you go from, it feels like minor league, there's there's a lot more of a team atmosphere and you're hanging out together on and off the field. You get up in the major leagues, it's almost it almost kind of feels like an everyman for himself. Well, in essence, it is. You know, keeping to themselves. They're not really worried about the little 22-year-old guy. They got their own stuff to worry about, their own family to worry about. And you need a group of people around you when you're dealing with that stuff. So. I mean, I get it. I get it. Oh, absolutely. Sitting and in a hotel room for... Hours on end. Well, and,
1: and that's the thing. What are these? What are these bubbles going to look like for these teams? Yeah. Not only in Major League Baseball, let's transition into the NBA, and the players have now entered the bubble at the NBA level. And uh, Charles Barkley, for one, is very outspoken that he doesn't think this bubble thing is going to work for the NBA.
0: Well, you know, I, I personally don't think they should have started testing people until they got in the bubble. Testing guys before they got to the bubble, that made zero sense whatsoever.
1: And obviously, you know, Charles is very outspoken about a lot of things. He's been outspoken about how the media has mishandled the social justice issue and things like that. But let's take this bubble thing. And I think it was Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers who said, you got 22 teams coming in here. With not only the players, the coaches, but the support personnel, the thought that people aren't going to violate the bubble policy and and cheat it and get out and and do something and then come back in with possible contamination, especially in Florida, where this, as Barkley mentioned, with this coronavirus
0: running rampant
1: outbreak has run rampant now. It, it's just. You have to trust all these people that they're going to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, I, are we talking maybe fifty per team when, when you when all said and done? Support staff, coaches. Let's say let
1: Let's say, four, let's say there's a thousand people inside the bubble from the NBA. And then yeah. you've got media people. In fact, uh, you've got a friend down there that we're going to talk to Wednesday. Right, going
0: inside the bubble on Wednesday.
1: So just just how safe do these players feel? Then the other thing, and Barkley was right about this, and this wasn't part of the ESPN interview, but he said this in another forum, I think, on Sunday. He said, look, nobody wants to hear the players complain about the conditions. Right right away, they start complaining about the food and some other things, and it's like you've got these millionaires.
0: Yeah, your quarantine life is better than my regular life.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Exactly. My buddy Eli saw one of those NBA rooms inside the bubble, said, that's nicer than my apartment. I mean, come on, folks. Nobody wants to hear you gripe when people are losing jobs and losing lives during the pandemic. Nobody wants you to hear an NBA player gripe about his living conditions in the bubble in
0: Orlando. Oh, I only have a PS4 in my room. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) It's only a Mm 65-inch. So
1: that's where we stand right now. The one piece of good news, I I do want to give people good news, the NHL has come to an agreement, and they're going to start August 1st with the playoffs. The Blackhawks open up against Edmonton in a three-game series. Night Owls are going to uh, need to stay up for Blackhawk games because after game one, which is, I believe, a – an afternoon contest, the next two Blackhawk games will be at 10.30 Eastern Time. So going to have to caffeinate well, if you're a Hawks fan, to watch Edmonton and Chicago in the Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: That's why I have you for the highlights the next morning. Yeah, well, (laughs) trust me, Uncle
1: Chuck's checking the feed. He's not staying up for those.
0: (laughs) Like Chuck said on Wednesday, scheduled to appear on the program Tim Sinclair... A friend from my past, he has been chosen to be one of the voices, if not the voice, of the NBA bubble uh, announcing team. And he is there in Florida, checked in last night. And uh, his tweet, I'll have to show it to you. Mask on, got a wristband, but he says he's quarantined to his room for the first seven days. Yeah. Okay, what does that mean?
1: That's, I guess your food has to be delivered or yeah.
0: Maybe they don't need him to announce yet, but they want him to be a part of the... Right. Whenever it... uh, When does it actually kick off? Not until July 30th. Mm. Okay. All right. You feel good? I do. Have you aired out everything?
1: I think I've done the official airing of the grievances here.
0: I'd like to uh, give a shout out. Not that he listens, but uh, I thought Tom Noy's article in the Tribune about Matt Doherty was uh, really good. Okay, I enjoyed Matt Doherty when he was here for a year.
1: And I think you're wrong. I think Tom Noy does listen. The question will be, did he listen all the way to the end to get a (laughs) shout-out?
0: That's where we keep the best, the best for last. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Feel free to leave a review. That's always helpful in the grand scheme of things. Oh,
1: before we close up shop here.
0: Yes. So um, some of
1: you may know I've been helping out my church with being online. During the pandemic, yes. because we were not online before, and we are supposed to be training new people, and there is a gentleman in my church by the name of Mike Walther, with an H. Well, I was trying to Facebook message people, and I Facebook messaged Mike Walter from Napanee, who is a friend of Dean Cosmos and things like that, so I, I wasn't putting two and two together and thinking, this is not the gentleman from my church. So I mistakenly included him in this group message. And then somebody brought that to my attention, and I sent him a, a personal message that says, Mike, I probably confused you to no end. We have a Mike Walther in our parish who I was trying to reach my mistake and apologies. He writes back and says, no problem. I knew you had the wrong person. Oogalooga. <laughs> oh, that made my day. And it made mine as well.
0: I love that. Until next time, Yak fans.
1: Luga Anthony Rizzo.
0: We've had some fun, and yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Jack, Sport Jack. Sport Jack is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done? Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.